Hello. Hi, Johanna. This is Stephanie. How are you? Good. How are you? Can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. Can you hear me? I do have a background fan going. I can turn it off if needed. Um, I think that's okay. I, I can hear you pretty clearly. Okay, great. Thank you for yes. your patience. I was running of course. on another conference call. No worries. Um, so we can just go ahead and get started here. Um, if you um, just kind of want to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, how you came about being in the position that you're in today. Sure. Okay. Uh, let's see. My name is Stephanie Bowman, Altamirano, and I am currently a tribal member for the Lower Burrell Sioux Tribe, or a tribe, a council member and a tribal member for the yes. Lower Burrell Sioux Tribe. Uh, and let's see, my journey started, I guess I always say, I always talk about my journey of advocacy started, uh, I like to say it started, you know, in my, in my home, my, my family were you know, very generous in helping the community and doing things. Mm -hmm for other folks. So that was instilled in us from a young age. Um, but in college, I really ha had the sense of community service uh, instilled in me through my time at Dakota Wesleyan. And so uh, I was there doing work with the Native American club there. And then I just became really involved with giving back and doing more for my community. So uh, I went on and became a cytotechnologist and uh, then I did community work, even as a cytotechnologist. And, and then I uh, decided to come home to South Dakota and I became a nurse. And, and then I actually did some work in the diverse populations in Sioux Falls. And I became involved with the uh, different uh, boards for uh, the Sioux Falls diverse communities. I was a board member for the Multicultural Center of Sioux Falls. I was a board member for the South Sioux Falls Diversity Council. And so uh, then I went into nonprofit work and, and I just decided that it was time to move home and I have my daughter and we just decided to help in any which way we could in our community here. And so I do a lot of volunteer work with the schools, with the Native American student population. Uh, and then uh, I was asked to run for council I actually ran for uh, the chairman position in 2016, I believe. Uh, and then I ran again this time and I won. So nice. that's how Congratulations. I Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's lots of stories that go along with that journey, but I'll leave that for another, another phone call. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Um, so you ran for council during COVID, correct? Excuse me, can you say that again? I'm sorry. You ran for council during during COVID while all of that was happening, correct? I did. I did. Uh, um, we... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, the, the actual, uh, the actual, um, I'm sorry. I had somebody knock on my door. Can we pause for a second? No, that's fine. Yeah, we can okay. stop. Okay, just a second. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no worries. That's totally okay. fine. Okay. All right, go ahead. Um, so yeah, how is that? How was, you know, running for a council member during COVID while all of this was happening? You know, we had to social distance and things like that. Uh, you know, when I had when I had when I had remembered 
that uh, this was, you know, there's a certain time you have to put your petitions in and whatnot. And I had remembered that it was time to do that. And I had told myself, uh, ironically, but again, this is one of those long stories. I had told myself that, well, you know, if, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, and it'll be put in front of me. But right now I'm just going to focus on staying safe, taking care of my family. Mm-hmm. And the very next day, believe it or not, I got a phone call that I was looking for and they said, Hey, I, we need you to run for, for council up here and we need a women's, a woman's perspective. And, and so I said, you couldn't ask for a, a more clear sign. Right. Yes. And, and we did, I did have a discussion with my family and in particular, my mom, who is, who at the time was 79 years old. And I was, you know, I, I spend most of my days taking care of her or, or, or being with her. She's very independent and does very mm-hmm. well for herself and still very much an active uh, person on the ranch. And so, um, but I said, you know, this could be, bring potential risks and, and she said it was completely up to me and she would support me. And we talked about, you know, what that would mean. But I, I had said, I feel as if, you know, it was put in my path and I have to trust and be a faithful servant uh, that mm-hmm. everything's going to be okay. And so and at the time we had said, I'm just putting in the petitions. No one's saying that I'm going to actually win. <laughs> and so Man. we were just taking it step by step. And so I went ahead and put in the petition um, with that in mind. And then, um, you know, being act, being able to campaign in, in in my previous campaign, I I was able to go. You know, I tried to get to as many doors. I went door to door as I could, and introduce myself to folks. You know, who may not uh, know who I was. And so, this particular time during COVID was a little bit different. And yeah. so, I had to just rely on folks knowing who I was or who my family was, and then. Um, we did a community kind of grab and go feed, you know, there's certain things that you do when you run here. And mm-hmm. I tried to do that as best as I could. And, and we were successful at that. And so we were very, very, very happy with the results on election day. Yes, yes, definitely. So being on the, you know, the tribal council, this has kind of given you a, a unique perspective to COVID. So how has it affected your community and, and your tribe? Well, when I, I was sworn in on October 7th and quite literally we hit the ground running. And so as far as the, the leadership is concerned, uh, the, the new administration, if you have a brand new uh, chairman and a brand new um, vice chairman. And, and so there's, there are kind of a reorganization and restructuring that took place right from the get go. And so we hit the ground running you know, you, there are certain things that you would imagine that would take priority in a non-pandemic type of situation, mm-hmm. but really it was what resources do we have available, what are we doing, and how can we ensure the safety and welfare of our tribal members and community. And for me, uh, I always say that I fell, I was able to fall back on my healthcare training mm-hmm. and Definitely. that I was able to kind of triage the situation specifically into what resources we had, what we needed. And to be quite honest, I, I felt that, you know, this tsunami was coming and we weren't as prepared as I would have liked us to be. And so I immediately called in for reinforcements. I called the Red Cross. I called FEMA. I called the CDC. 
and mm-hmm. I had said, I need everybody all hands on deck here. And thankfully, thankfully, uh, all those agencies were able to deploy and to offer their services. Um, in particular, the CDC had said there's a, a tribal uh, support for the pandemic that the CD had, and they they immediately started having conversations um, with us about how they could get here as soon as they could. So they had a, uh, a small initial team deployed by the end of December, I want to say. And so, uh, and then a full team employed rather, rather quickly. And so they were able to yeah. come and, and to look at what we had in place. Um, what we needed, what gaps were, and, you know, really talk to us about what our needs were. And so, um, thankfully, thankfully, we were able to to mobilize. And, and most folks were pretty impressed at how fast we could mobilize. One of the, the topics we talked about was the shelter. Because at the time, when I made the, the May Day call, right. our numbers were increasing. And it was, you know, we're a small reservation, so our numbers are smaller than than other places, but for us, it was a matter of we're on an on a good day. We we have um, you know our housing. We're already in a housing crisis on a, in a good day. So where were we going to put folks to socially distance, and where right. what other resources we had available to us? So you know we have a hotel here that we had used for for um, isolation, and yeah. we were already feeling that bottom that bottom level up and what, where were we going to go with that filled up, which could have happened in a week right. or so. Thankfully it didn't, but so then we didn't, we had to, we worked with FEMA and, and identifying a community shelter location and then what we needed to get that community shelter up and running. And so all these different wheels were moving simultaneously. You know, when we talked about at that, at that time in particular vaccines weren't available. So we were just talking about getting the information to folks and then we were needing to educate our community too in regards to how they needed to stay at home and right. if folks weren't taking it very seriously then what did we need to do as leadership to um, to get folks to stay at home so there were different ordinances and different um, resolutions that we had to pass in regards to um, okay if pe- folks aren't going to stay home they're going to be cited for for various things so um, and then we had our uh, checkpoints uh, you know, limiting traffic to and from uh, our community. And so mm-hmm. those are the type of things that were ongoing almost all day, every day. And so, yes. and then we had an outbreak in our tribal office um, in the midst of this, this all. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we had a mask mandate that was already in place and some programs were working from home or working with, you know, a skeleton crew or every other day. And so that, that was working, but we still had folks, you know, in office here who were maybe taking their masks down in their, yes. in their areas. And yeah. so unfortunately we did have uh, one of our finance ladies who passed away from COVID. So oh, no. that really hit us hard in that. Yeah. I mean, she was, she was, she spent many, many years, like decades uh, working for us, came oh. out of retirement to help us with some of our financial stuff because of just the wealth of information that she held. Oh my goodness. And so unfortunately we lost her. And so that is something that, you know, we take with us uh, each and every day as we move forward, that we're not, we're not out of the clear yet. And so we can't let our guard down. We, we have been working very, very well with our vaccine. 
not quite sure mm -hmm. if folks know the difference between the vaccine availability, I shouldn't say availability, but how we're able to distribute uh, the vaccine on the reservations uh, in regards or in, in comparison to other communities. So um, we are able to, we didn't necessarily have to follow the CDC guidelines in distribution. Um, right. We were able to, do you remember the subgroups, the 1A, 1B, 1C? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, we were able to move through those, um, you know, as, as we seen fit. So right. it was, a, it, and for us, it was important to as many people get vaccinated as possible. So we moved through those categories fairly quickly. And so because mm -hmm. of that, a large number of our population uh, is vaccinated. So right now we're just looking at dialing in those communities are those areas or families that have a degree of vaccine hesitancy and making sure that we can yes. get specific edu health education information to them. And then I just got off the phone call with um, one of our partners in Rapid City, the Great Plains Tribal Chairman's Leader Board, who's been a great resource for us. And we were talking about sharing ideas and how to mobilize uh, our community influencers, so to speak, and how we can get our community mobilized so that we can identify where folks are and maybe reward um, referral persons right. and, and uh, entered into, you know, incentives type programs where we have raffles and whatnot. So we can, because no one knows our community better than our neighbors. And so, um, right. exactly. so they can help us rather than, because there's so much information that's been put out there and has been put out there over the you know month to a year. And you mm -hmm. kind of get numb to the information sometimes. Yes, definitely. And so you see, you know, your CHR, your, your public health nurse, or your community member coming in with a pamphlet, and you know that they're going to, you know, give the same information that you've heard on the TV or seen everywhere on social mm -hmm. media. And so, and it, but it means a little bit more if your neighbor comes over to you and is concerned about your family. Yeah. And so we're hoping that's Absolutely. where we can dial in a bit, a bit more. Yes, that's a great idea. Um, and social media has been been such an, an issue during this pandemic, just about misinformation, you know, being spread about the vaccine and about mask wearing and things like that. So so I think that's a really great idea, you know, bringing your neighbor in and having it more community based than, you know, just all this hodgepodge of information you can receive online. Yeah. And um, in, in, in some of that negative or misinformed information is spread by our neighbors. And so, right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and so sometimes you have to push back on that. And so I want those yeah. that feel informed enough and have received the vaccine to, you know, to mobilize and to say, okay, we're going to empower you to push back on that and to get that information. Yeah. If, if nothing more to share their own story, uh, I have had folks come into my office and I had said, I'm not trying to pressure you. It's 100% your decision, but let me share with you the fact that I have an, a compromised immune system and I live at home with, right. my, with my mother who's 80 years old, who's just because she's elderly has a compromised immune system. And I have a healthcare background and I'm urging my entire family, those that I love and I love each and every one of you. So please make a, you know, a, an informed decision and stay safe. And so mm -hmm. I've even had folks say, okay, Stephanie, um, because you said so, I'm going to go ahead and get it. So that means a lot wow. to me. That really does. That yeah, absolutely. Much, so. Yes, definitely. Um, 
So just kind of wrapping up here, what takeaways do you have from, you know, experiencing a pandemic while being a council member and kind of your first experience of being a council member, you know, you're in this pandemic. So I'm sure there are, you know, lots of lessons that you've learned, maybe difficult lessons throughout this pandemic. Uh, I guess for me, I've learned a lot about collaboration and communication uh, and how important it is to stay in touch with one another. Uh, I think, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of us wanted to stay away from each other, but you needed, you needed to stay connected. Number one, to let people know that things were going to be okay and that there was hope on the horizon Mm -hmm. and that there was somebody steering the ship. And, and so one of the things for our, our tribal council is that we, we never shut down. We never stayed home. Um, we even had one of our council members, uh, become positive and we were all had to isolate at home for 14 days, which was crucial. I mean, um, very painful, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but very important. Yes, Um, definitely. And, uh, but some of them had already had already had it. And so they were able to come. So we kind of staggered for that, for that small 14 day period. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's, it's quite the norm to wear a mask and socially distance here. And it's when we leave mm-hmm. our area of lower Burrell that we're just, you know, amazed at how lax people can get. And so yeah. the lessons that, that I have learned are that we, we make ourselves a priority and that we can't, we can't depend upon others to make ourselves a priority and that we have to really focus on how we can yes. teach each other and to keep each other safe. So that is probably my greatest take home is that, you know, we look out for one another and we communicate with one another. And we've had, we had weekly, weekly calls um, throughout our programs that we had uh, we were, when we were in the thick of things. And so that helped a lot to let each other know what we were doing and how things were going. Uh, you know, so for me, it is, it, we can breathe a little bit sigh of relief or take a breath where it felt yeah. like, you know, we couldn't take a breath. It was just go, go, go. And um, but for the most part, that's the lesson is that a number of us have lost a lot of people, um, a lot of our family and a lot of our, our loved ones. And it, there is comfort and togetherness and to staying together. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, there was a lot of things that we couldn't do. We had, you know, we have our culture and our traditions in, in, in the time of death and mourning, you know, not being able to, to hug and to do yeah. those type that is a tra- that was a trauma in and of itself you know yeah, layering on top of the number of historical traumas that we already have for me that mm-hmm. was very difficult to be at a funeral and to be encouraging folks to stay in their in their specific um bubbles and mm-hmm. and to know that and to try to in words relate to them that you know we care for one another and we love one another, but this isn't the time, especially when you're at a funeral from somebody who died of COVID. Yeah, yeah definitely. It was, it's going to take some time. It's going to take, it may take a lifetime. Yeah, it, it definitely, I don't think we'll ever, you know, I, I think this will definitely impact the rest of our lives um, for sure. We'll never kind of, I feel like people have this idea that it's just going to completely go away and that's, I don't, you know, think that's going to going to happen. I think we're just going to kind of learn how to live with it better and, and learn how to manage it. And um, yeah. 
but we'll definitely have the, you know, the lasting effects of it for our entire lives. Yes, exactly. And for, yeah, yeah, because people have to make decisions based upon what they, they felt was the best decision for their family at the time. And, you know, some chose to not attend funerals. Some chose to go to the, to the gravesite after everybody had left and pay their respects. And, Mm-hmm. You know, I know that was that was a, a, a lot of the concern for some of the elders in our community is that they wanted to pay their respects and they wanted to go, but they knew that it wasn't safe yet. So, yeah, definitely. But yes, we have, you know, I, I draw hope in, in, in the fact that, you know, we do have a large number of folks who are vaccinated. And, yes, and the that's message great. I want to send to folks uh, who, you know, because right now we're dealing with you know, this person was vaccinated and then, and they're testing positive. And I want folks to remember that, it, you know, the vaccine, the Moderna vaccine is only 95% effective. And there still is that 5% that will become infected despite the vaccine. But the, right. but the silver lining is they won't get as sick as they, as they might have had they not had the vaccine on board. And, you know, they may get mm-hmm. it, but they'll live through it as opposed to, you know, what their chances might be if they didn't get the vaccine. So still that right. ongoing education needs exactly. to happen. Yes, definitely. Still a lot of work to be done, but I definitely think, you know, we're making progress. Everybody's making progress. So it's, it's hopeful. Yeah, I just received, like I said, I just got off the phone call right before I got in touch with you here uh, from a, a phone call that reached to Nebraska and North Dakota and mm-hmm. Iowa and uh, with all the oh, wow. uh, Native American uh, leaders in, in the area who were dealing with the health aspects of it. And we were talking about what we could do and, and how we needed to, to stay focused. So just that being able yeah. to communicate with others and what they're doing, that's so helpful. Yes, definitely. definitely. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This was great. Um, I really, really You're appreciate welcome. it. Thank you for for reaching out. I I love to share in any which way that I can. I hope it was helpful. Absolutely. Yes, this was great. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. All right. We'll we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you. Yes. Perfect. Sounds good.